Beth and I'm a psychological wellbeing practitioner from Newcastle. I just wanted to say the biggest thank you to the contributors of the Clinical Psychologist Collective book. I've enjoyed reading this so much and loved having an insight into the range of backgrounds and experiences people have prior to applying for the doctorate and it's been really interesting seeing the potential barriers to the application as well and how I can try and work around this. I really started to doubt myself and whether I was good enough to apply for the clinical psychology doctorate but this has really given me the confidence boost that I needed to give it a shot so the biggest thank you ever. If you're looking to become a psychologist Then let this be your guide With this podcast at your side You'll be on your way to being qualified It's the Aspiring Psychologist Podcast With Dr. Marianne Trent Hi, welcome along to the Aspiring Psychologist podcast. Uh, This is episode 54, and this signifies um, when Christmas Eve comes around that this will be a year since the um, Aspiring Psychologist podcast was launched. So Christmas Eve 2021, um, I released three episodes, the first three episodes of the Aspiring Psychologist podcast. So you've been able to listen to that for a year, and many of you um, it's been my great privilege um, to have you listen to me weekly and I've become part of your um, routines, which is lovely. Um, so this episode I did record um, already and for some reason I could not get my mic to work properly. So I managed to record the whole episode thinking it was fine and it wasn't. So it might well be a little bit of a run through. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to let that annoyance go, aren't I? Um, technology doesn't always um, doesn't always work for us. I couldn't get I couldn't get it to work on Streamyard, but I'm now getting it to work on Zoom. So I'm going to do it in a slightly different way. But hopefully, you won't hear or see any changes when you actually do listen um, or watch this um, on YouTube or either listening via your usual podcast platform. So we are thinking about Christmas in mental health and what it means for us to be staff members um, or team members as well, because it's um, very important, both of those things. So if you are working in a mental health um, service, you might well be part of the um, squabbles for whose turn it is to work anyway, um, who worked last year. But there are also people in teams who like a chance to slip out for a day or two and go to the office and or the hospital, wherever you're working, um, and go when it's quieter and, and get some more work done um, or work their way through um, all of the stockpile of surplus foods that have been brought in for the share table. Um, If you've never worked in a mental health team before, um, you will not perhaps be aware about the share table. Um, And that can be triggering for people as well, um, for people that have had eating issues um, in the past or currently. Suddenly that abundance of food and social expectations to eat it can be difficult as well. And that is obviously around for our clients as well. It's always worth having a conversation with them about how they navigate Christmas um, and the festive period and you know whether they how what they choose to eat and what other people around them eat um, and and how that feels so I read something the other day that suggested that um, it's not uncommon for many of us to eat a surplus of calories to the tune of 500 or more per day in the 
run up to Christmas um, and the days after it. And apparently that can add up to um, an increase of £5 by the time the festive period has has passed. And that might be well be triggering for clients that you work with um, or, you know, even having that level of food and abundance and pressure can be triggering. Um, and there can feel like a social pressure to eat um, or to eat a decent portion. And this is especially problematic for people that um, might be anorexic um, or um, body dysmorphia issues or binge um, disorders or bulimia, for example. So just bear in mind that, um, you know, it might not just be a tub of roses, um, might not always be seen as a good thing um, in the services we work with and with the clients we support. Um, so just have an awareness that that can be problematic for people people um you know might be you might be someone you support might be someone in your team and you know many of us will be taking time off over christmas um but for people working in um in prisons or secure services um other hospitals um or you know in people's homes in community support roles they might well still be working over christmas so if you are then um thank you and well done and hopefully you will be able to take some time off either in lieu or as annual leave at a later stage because time off is really important. And when we're working in um, in difficult, challenging roles, um, sometimes it can feel tricky to take time off, um, especially if you're carrying a heavy load. So trying to access supervision before you finish for the year, um, either with your regular supervisor in person or over the phone or with a more experienced member of the team um, can be really advantageous so that you can just feel contained and able to to relax over your um, your break um, that you might have from work. And of course, not everybody celebrates Christmas, even if, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, they've been raised Christian and they might not choose to celebrate Christmas, especially if Christmas has been a difficult or painful time for them in the past. So um, exploring with your clients and even with your staff teams about what Christmas and the festive break means for them can be really powerful and can help people feel seen. But trauma can show up at Christmas as well from Christmases gone by. Um, and that might be because somebody um, has had a painful or difficult experience happen to them in previous Christmases, or maybe because they previously celebrated and shared Christmas with people who were very important to them. But, um, you know, either through grief and loss or just for reasons outside of their control, those people are no longer, or that person is no longer in their lives. That can feel um, very triggering indeed. Um, so having a check in with people about what Christmases have been like in the past and what they might be imagined to be like um, can be really useful too. Bearing in mind that lots of services will be grinding to a halt over the festive period, including pharmacies and maybe even psychiatrists, um, it is important to make sure that your clients have enough medication to get them through until after all the bank holidays. Um, you know, we have busy lives when we're trying to sort out Christmas gifts and, you know, the endless um, Christmas jumper days and things. If we've got children in schools, um, things can easily slip off the to-do list. So just having an awareness, um, maybe developing a little checklist for yourself um, to make sure you've had the conversation with each of the clients that you support um, about whether they have enough medication to get them through. Because, of course, it might be damaging for their mental health or for those they live with um, if they are not, um, you know, 
able to access all the medication that they need. And also on your checklist would be making sure that you've got updated risk and care plans in place for your clients. There will usually be a crisis or duty service available, um, but people are going to very much be more up to speed if they're able to read some recent documentation. Um, and it's helpful as part of that risk planning to have um, you know, a contingency plan for what a client does if they're feeling like they can't cope. Um, so that's all useful stuff to consider with your clients um, ahead of any break. They might find it helpful to do some activity scheduling with you as well to keep them feeling like they've got more options available to them when their usual sources of support might not be available. Let's take a quick break here to listen to the sleigh bells um, for the Aspiring Psychologist Collective book. There's still time to order it um, ready for delivery for Christmas Day. And the same with the Clinical Psychologist Collective and the Grief Collective, if you might fancy popping that in your own stocking or someone that you care about too. And of course, if you're you know, making your Santa wish list, then maybe you might like some months in the Aspiring Psychologist membership too. So do bear that in mind too. You'd be so welcome and lovely to get to know you better in that space. Hope you enjoy the sleigh bells and I will speak to you in a moment. On the way to getting qualified So many tips and lessons to learn from So many things that you can try The Aspiring Psychologist Collective The Aspiring Psychologist Welcome back. So this year, more than ever, there might be increased pressures um, on, on families and individuals um, because of the cost of living crisis. And of course, it might feel even more challenging to heat um, homes over the festive break. It might be worth checking in with your local community to see whether there are any warm space initiatives happening um, over the festive break, which is where people are heating public spaces um, and offering cups of tea, maybe biscuits, some soup, things like that. Um, and just reiterate with your clients, there's absolutely no shame in that and that they might actually benefit from that. And similarly, when I worked um, for Argos head office, there was um, the, uh, yeah, on Christmas day, people were to be by themselves. There was um, a free Christmas meal available and they used to pick people up and drop them off as well if they needed that. So um, there might well be services or support um, systems near you that specifically support people who are lonelier at Christmas um, or for you know, for whatever reason, are going to find it more challenging to be by themselves. So yeah, check that out. And similarly, um, you know, it might be that you might need to help pave the way for clients to be able to access food banks over the festive period. Um, so having that conversation with people about whether they've got enough food um, for the festive break, um, especially given there's a couple of bank holidays where often supermarkets will be shut. 
with the shortest day of the year in the UK being the 21st of December. We might also notice that people are experiencing um, more symptoms of seasonal affective disorder. And so, you know, just holding that in mind, we can think about the advice of trying to get some daylight, um, perhaps by going for a stroll, um, sort of first thing in the morning when you wake up and the sun's coming up. Um, and maybe thinking about um, getting, if you're working from home, getting, um, you know, daylight bulbs um, for any of the lamps that you might sit by um, for much of the day. Um, but yeah, having a chat with um, your service users about how they notice uh, their mood fluctuate throughout the year, especially in the colder months, can be useful. And not everyone likes Christmas. Not everyone likes a Christmas party. Um, you know, we are yeah either extrovert, introvert, or I believe ambivert, which is somewhere in between, and we can do both. Um, and yeah, it might not be quite the social frivolity um, that you might find it or that others might find it. Um, and so, yeah, just know that if you don't want to go to the Christmas party, you don't have to go. Um, and if you find it difficult or if your clients find it difficult or challenging to be around people who might not have been good people to them in the past, we can empower them to to say no as well. You get to choose, they get to choose, um, especially if they're adults. But um, when it's difficult to be around people and you feel like you don't have control, that can feel really triggering and really challenging. Um, so yeah, um, hoping you have a nice festive break, whatever you're up to. Time off when we're working in these demanding jobs can be so important and being able to yeah, to clock off and know that you are feeling contained and like you've done everything that you potentially could do to try to ensure that the service um, and the people that you support within it are going to have the best possible um, time off um, from the service or from you. Um, if you are working over the festive break, then um, yeah, hoping you have some time off at a future time. But also there can be, you know, joyful times about working. I certainly have worked um, on Christmas morning when I was a home carer um, and very much felt privileged to be able to spread some warmth and cheer um, to people um, on Christmas morning. So yes, thank you for being part of my world. Thank you for the important work that you do. Um, sorry, this episode's slightly shorter. <laughs> um, I had said it all already. Um, and yeah, darned microphones not sure what's going on hopefully it will sort itself out maybe it's tired after a year um, and it will sort itself out with some renewed vigor in the new year so yeah thank you for listening i've been part of my world and looking forward to catching up with you for our next episode of the aspiring psychologist podcast which will be coming to you from 6 a.m monday take care if you're looking to become a psychologist then let this be your guide this podcast at your side You'll be on your way to being qualified It's the Aspiring Psychologist Podcast With Dr. Marianne Trent Hello, my name is Veronica Kasova I live in Edinburgh and I just graduated with a Master's in Psychology of Mental Health Marianne recommended me the Clinical Psychologist Collective when I was networking on LinkedIn and I must say I love it. 
um, it is one of a kind. It's like a window into the lives of people on the path of becoming a psychologist. The stories are unique, honest and filled with a kind of intangible wisdom only personal storytelling can uncover. A common thread in the stories I valued most was to be compassionate not only with others, but with myself too. Also, not fixating on becoming a psychologist, but enjoying life, growth, and the final results will come as a byproduct. Marianne, thank you for taking the time to collate all the stories. The book is a true gem, and I think every aspiring psychologist should have a copy on their shelf. Thank you.